0: Here you go
1: yeah. risk is the nothing personal word of the day it is friday december 1st 2023 somehow it is the last month of 2023 already this is the beginning of the end of the year we're actually more toward the middle of the end of the year as a matter of fact I could argue we're at the end of the end of the year, but truly the end of the end is December, like, 27th. Then we say we're at the end of the end. Risk is the word of the day because baseball, sports, business, relationships, life, it's all about risk calculation. It's all about risk tolerance. Some people are willing to go skydiving. Some people are willing to go losing. Some people prefer not to leave their house. So you have everything from... What about Bob all the way to free solo? Where do you fit into the risk profile individually and where do you want your company to fit? And that of course depends on what level of the company you're at. If you're below the C-suite level and you are mid-management and you have an idea for something for your company that's gonna make money or it's gonna be a technological improvement, but you need budget and so you go to your boss and say, I wanna do X and Y, I'm just gonna need some money let me do this you're willing to take the risk it's other people's money that's pretty good if it fails you may lose your job you can get another job that's a calculation that may go into your mind when you're running a sports team you figure how much money do we have to spend to acquire this player what's the risk that this player will either perform outperform or underperform given the amount of investment that we've made in the player. When you get a player for a dollar, there's very little risk. When you sign a free agent to a 10-year, $300 million deal, there may be very little risk because the talent of the player who got the $300 million may be so far greater than the talent who you got and acquired for a dollar. So there is no set way that we who run sports teams can tell you how we evaluate risk. We go to all these conferences and give all these speeches and say, oh, we have calculators and we have computers and we have algorithms and we write code. So we're able to tell you when is the best time to sign an international free agent and what amount. We're able to tell you when players should be moved to different levels of the minor leagues. And on top of that, we can project how their major league career is going to go. I have given you so many examples of horse hockey over the course of 943 episodes one of the greatest is this we've got a player who's never played a major league game but we're going to sign him to a long-term deal because we're going to get something good here because we're going to give him money now and he's going to give us performance later and he's going to outperform his contract because outperforming your contract that's how you win hi No, that's not a stroke test. It's, hi, I'm the Houston Astros. I'm gonna sign John Singleton to five years, $10 million. He hasn't played one major league game. We're geniuses. That was a stinker. Hi, I'm the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm very good at what I do. I win World Series championships. Look at me. I'm gonna sign Scott Kingery. I'm gonna give him $24 million in 2018. I'm a genius. He played 52 games over two seasons and then done that didn't work all right let me try a third time hi I'm the White Sox I'm not like the Blackhawks I'm the White Sox we won a World Series in 05 we got no problems at all I mean sometimes we hire and fire managers and yes Tony La Russa is always on my right shoulder but I am going to sign Eloy Jimenez and Louis Robert Jr I'm going to give Jimenez six years 43 million I'm going to give Robert six years 50 million two years in a row I'm gonna do it in 1919 and 1920 brilliant my young core is locked up we've got pitching we've got manager we've got winning well Eloy in five seasons has only played over 100 games twice his rookie year he played 122 games and this past season he played 120 games in between not so much is he worth 43 million and when you look at what he got season over season he has won that deal Eloy has not the White Sox Leroy Bear I mean that's pretty good six years 50 all-star last year recency bias recency bias alert nope not worth it that's 0 for five Giving players money before they have whiffed the big leagues. Whiffed. Now, you want to bring a player up for a couple days and then sign him Longoria style. Good luck to you. But no games at all. Hmm. What's the risk? It's just money. The Milwaukee Brewers said, I have an idea. The five players who have done this before didn't work, but we're the sixth player. And you know what happens when you have six? It is a pleasure to get it right. They've got a top prospect named Jackson Chirio. He's only 19 years old. He has been in the minor leagues for so long, like 15 years. No, no, no. That's totally wrong, Coca. He's been in the minor leagues for 669. For 15 minutes. And he is signing the richest contract ever for a player who has never played one second in the big leagues. Not a second. Hmm eight guaranteed years 80 million dollars let me get this straight plus arm no plus speed yeah plus bat yeah plus power yeah tore up the venezuelan winter league whatever yeah how many games above double a does this guy have now don't get me wrong i'm not a big triple a guy The best players, I like taking from double A. Swoop them up from double A, skip triple A, get to the big leagues, boom, start your career. I like it. The number of times I'm right is fewer than the number of times I'm wrong. And that's not just because I'm a bad executive or a good executive. That's the math. Why would the Brewers take the risk on signing their top prospect? He's like the number two prospect in all of baseball. And give him this money. Now, what would the Brewers possibly be thinking about the deal they just made in Milwaukee to stay there through 2050? About the fact that they've got Woodruff, Burns, Devin Williams, all ready to be done in the next one or two years? The fact that Christian Yelich has five years and 110 million left, and that if they could move him and he'd agree to move him, they would move him because the Brewers' window is not open right now? They had an amazing stretch. This is not council-related. They had an amazing stretch. All teams, open window, then close window. What they're hoping is Chirio is there for the next open window. But are they going to put on the big league team this year? There's a glut of outfielders for the Brewers. What would be their thought? We can't pretend we're giving in unless we rebuild, but we say when we rebuild, guess what? We're rebuilding, but we've locked in the next guy so listen fans be excited rally around us we know what we're doing now it turns out that Matt Arnold does know what he's doing it turns out that Mark Antonazio does know what he's doing Rick Schlesinger great front office great ownership but I'd like some when there's going to be a press conference or a press release what are the other decisions that are being made because you're signing Chirio to this type of deal now, I get it. Milwaukee looks at Atlanta and says, hey, it, it's working for them. Get all these young guys signed. The problem the with the copycat league. <laughs> this is a live show, and that is a live security alert that I don't know what to do with, so I'm going to keep going. I think that's the right move. So, if something happens to me, I'm in Boston right now, and in Boston, I am going to a Celtics game tonight, and they're playing the Sixers, so if I don't show up at the game, uh, help? Coco, should we take a break? I think I'm good. What's the worst thing that'll happen? It's like one of those Amber Alerts, except it's an Amber Alert for your room. I'm looking around. That was very weird. Where were we? We talked about the Brewers. We're talking about their decision. We're talking about the Braves who sign all the young guys and it's a copycat league and it's the dream for teams to do what the Braves do except the Braves have the quality of talent that is far greater than what Chirio is even if Chirio is what they say he is at that age and what he sort of has shown he is though never at a level above AA but I'm fine with that but he's also a kid. But the Brewers look back and say hey, they had Robin Yount at 19. This could totally work. I have concerns. But the concerns I have about my favorite team and the Brewers are, now that I'm not associated with Marlins or Expos or anybody, is that you're gonna have to explain to us, and I don't think you're going to, but we're gonna see in your actions. And the problem is they have a plan. If their action is to trade Burns right now or to trade him at the deadline and not resign him, if they're trying to grab if they're trying, keep getting this alert, if they're trying to grab one more possible, one more possible year of competition, well I got news for you. This is not assigning that matters because the thought of him helping the big league team this year he may make it but he's not going to help it so my better suggestion is that maybe this is the marketing strategy for the rebuild and we'll know because if they don't re-sign burns or they trade him at the deadline they move yelich even though he has a no trade clause they could go to yelich the way the marlins went to stanton and just say hey uh you're not going to want to be around right now and Yalich wants to win a ring, so let us trade you to a different team. So the proof is gonna be in the pudding. I think that, uh, personally, that the Brewers are entering into a situation where there's gonna be more losing than winning, and that this becomes a PR, and when you're doing a John Singleton at 10 million, or a Kingery at 24, or even a Jimenez at 43, I'm okay. It's an expensive PR campaign, but now the numbers are getting so high for what? 80 million dollars you're putting into this player that's significant and this is different than yamamoto where now people are saying yamamoto could go 250 million even 300 million dollars i certainly have concerns about the japanese player coming here and being able to adjust and be a superstar immediately but he is only 25 but there's going to be teams who overpay because they need pitching that they think is available so that's yet another different level of risk risk The reason that's the word of the day, I just want to point out, it's the most important calculus your brain makes. Not fight or flight. Not love or like. Risk. Cost, benefit, risk. What am I getting? What am I giving? Well, in this case, you're giving 80, and I just don't know what you're getting. When uh, there was a death the other day, Coca. Did we talk about it? Did we talk about Henry Kissinger dying? I I don't remember if I did that on this show or another show. Anyway, Henry Kissinger died. He was the Secretary of State. You may have heard of him. He died at a hundo. Triple figures. He is lauded by some, despised by some. A complicated, complicated career as a diplomat with decisions that have cost many people their lives, with decisions that have saved many people their lives. But there is an argument to be made that he is quite responsible for some very, very bad things done to some very, very innocent people. I'm not here to litigate Henry Kissinger. Read about him, litigate him yourself. There'll be a movie made about him one day. There may have been a movie, I mean, he's been a character in movies. But there may be a full movie like oppenheimer what struck me about yesterday with henry kissinger is that the new york yankees out of the clear blue moon released a statement about his death now why did that catch my attention The Yankees are profoundly saddened by the passing of former United States Secretary of State Henry Kissinger who performed varied and vital diplomatic and advisory roles throughout his distinguished career a lifelong friend of the Yankees organization He was a frequent welcome guest of the Steinbrenner family at Yankee Stadium We offer our heartfelt condolences to his family friends and all who had the privilege of knowing him He will be deeply missed Did that strike anybody as strange? Did anyone else read that statement and look at that statement and say, huh? Why are you making a statement about Henry Kissinger? Did you make one about Gorbachev when he croaked? What about Dan Feinstein? I mean, you may have done a little thing when Queen Elizabeth died. That was nice, very low risk, no problem. Maybe a little thing for Chandler Bing. We could go down a list of deaths. Coke and I went back a few years. We couldn't find another statement for anybody when these types of statements are released the comment section are fantastic because people are upset because of the way Kissinger was blaming PR people guess what the Yankees PR people did not release this statement the owner of the Yankees Hal Steinbrenner went to his president Randy Levine or his head of PR, and said, I want to release a statement. Oh, that's fine. He was a close friend of your dad. I guess you want to honor that. But we're going to do that statement. I'll send you a draft. But then we're going to say Hal Steinbrenner. No, no, I want it to be from the Yankees organization. Hi, I'm in the PR department. I would just like to offer the following. I think it's not great when owners have different things that we talked about with uh, the Adelsons this week. Someone pointed out, remember what happened in Atlanta when the owner who uh luffler in atlanta was forced to sell sometimes owners and their political views cost them their jobs. sometimes they don't but we always know when it's the owner trying to hide behind the team you think the new york yankees as a team are releasing a statement about henry kissinger without permission of the owner or without the request or demand of the owner of course not I would never release a statement as president without going to our owner. If our marketing or PR department or baseball department ever did, they never were able to because the rule was any release, any statement, the PR people and my office, we have to see it. Why? We're trying to control the message. What do you do when you're a PR department and your owner wants you to do something and you suggest, I don't think we should do it? The owner then has to say it's my prerogative. I hear what you're saying, but just do it. But then why aren't we putting it under your name? Why are you putting it under the Yankees organization name? I didn't say I want people to know it's from me. I want people to know it's from the Yankees and that we all feel this way. But Hal, we don't all feel this way. Nobody else feels this way, but I understand why you do. I understand the loyalty to your dad and to Henry, but just sign it then we're done there won't be one criticism you may get a you know astray once in a while but as an organization will be good that's what a good PR advisor would be saying to Hal Steinbrenner so this leads me to either Steinbrenner doesn't listen to his PR people or his PR people are so neutered they're not going to say it both of those are equally bad If you have someone who works for you who's so scared and has to agree with everything you do that's on you that means you've hired the wrong people if you have people who don't challenge you question you ask you and make you explain your thought process then you're not going to run a good company it doesn't mean you're going to get them all right but if you're not challenged or questioned then you're going to get even fewer right and most of them wrong Let me also answer another question I got about this. The commissioner's office does not have any say in what the individual teams release in statements. We do not have to get it cleared through MLB. There are certain things that come from the commissioner's office. So for example, during collective bargaining, there is a rule, a memo that is sent, teams are not permitted to discuss collective bargaining with anybody. No public statements, no private statements, nothing done when there's a, a reckoning going on, like with George Floyd when he was killed, the commissioner's office does a statement. Teams are allowed to do their own statement. They can echo the commissioner's statement. The commissioner sends his statement to the teams so they know where the commissioner is going or the commissioner's office. You can speak to the PR people in the commissioner's office if you want them to check your statement. But again, the commissioner's office does not have authority over your PR. God, there'd be a lot of good things that would happen if the commissioner's office got to control other teams' PR. So from the Yankees' standpoint, there's no upside to what they did and released this statement. And I would advise my owner, the only upside is honoring your dead dad. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you should own it. So right now, the Yankees are getting ratioed and the Yankees are getting crushed. And it's not, I don't mind when teams want to have an opinion about somebody. Uh... But you just gotta be very careful, not because I'm saying it may be the wrong opinion. That's up to you. Some people love Kissinger, some people hate him. Uh, Some people view him as the doctor of death. Some people view him as you know the Nobel Prize every year should have won. I'm talking about attribution. Attribution is everything when you're doing statements. And it was very telling. Coca, if you bring up that statement again, I believe, of course, that's the whole purpose of what I'm telling you, so it better be true, Coca. The actual statement is on Yankee stationery and not signed by anybody. No attribution. That's a mistake. All right, when we come back, we're gonna review a movie that blew my mind. And then we're gonna talk about how far and fast the Patriots have fallen and the NFL had to swallow hard and acknowledge that the Patriots, who used to be the draw of draws, now we're being flexed out of Monday night football. Holy schnikes. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is sponsored by ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this for the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet ramp. The only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money. So you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com easy. Ramp.com easy. R-A-M-P dot com easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
1: This is David Sampson along with Matt Koch coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, where I'm attending a Celtic Sixers game with three other of my friends. We have this club, the Cultural Exchange Club. We go to a different sporting event every year. This year, we're doing the NBA in Boston. Uh, locally, we have stayed, well, in the United States, but we've been around the world. Very fortunate to have four guys who have done this for 17 years, uh, 18 years in a row with one off for COVID. So 17 out of 18. We had a big debate over an asterisk. Asterisk, interesting. Keep that, don't forget that word, asterisk. What do you do? 2020, there was no trip, it was COVID. So can we still call it the annual trip? Is it still annually since 2006 when you miss one? Or do you just say the 17th trip now and got to get rid of the word annual? These are some of the debates we had. There's another debate that I'm having, and it's about the movie I watched. It's a new movie on Netflix called Rustin coleman domingo plays bayard rustin i consider myself pretty well educated not the smartest guy not the dumbest guy i had never heard of bayard rustin and that is a function of maybe the time i grew up maybe it's a function of my interest in math versus history maybe it's a function of me skipping class because i wanted to party down the hill up in riverdale and wisconsin i don't know have you ever heard of bayard rustin bayard rustin was an activist who basically planned the march on washington the march on washington where martin luther king gave the famous speech The March on Washington, which drew 245,000 people, where there was a thought it wouldn't even draw 5,000 people. The March on Washington, which caused so many problems within the black community, black-on-black problems, as manifested by Chris Rock, by Jeffrey Wright, unbelievable actors in this movie, showing you how controversial the March on Washington was, and that Bayard Rustin was the glue that kept it together, except he was not beloved because he was gay? Didn't know the story. Coleman Domingo is this close to an Oscar nomination for best actor. The movie itself, the reason why I want you to see it is only if you don't know the story and haven't read a book about it. Because I'm always suggesting if you want to read a book, read a book. The performance out Jeffrey Wright as a congressman who is so racist that it's incredible, who's so sexist it's incredible Watching Chris Rock evolve from someone who again, sexist and racist, but ends up realizing the importance of Rustin. Seeing how certain characters can develop in certain can't and seeing what one man did in an attempt to right wrongs while wrongs were being committed against him every day. And he was willing to take it, take it, and then try to make the world right for future generations. It was awe-inspiring and what was bothering me the entire movie, and it wasn't that I was distracted or used my phone a lot. I was angry with myself for never having heard of him, thinking about all the people behind the scenes of things where they don't get the attention. It's just a function of life and bandwidth. So you read an article, you read the headline, you may read the first paragraph about an event And then there's some video that lasts from the event but it's always the people in front of the camera not the people behind the camera when in fact some of the people behind the camera are way more important than the people in front of the camera like on this show as an example don't see coca's face except one time at episode 500 without coca there's no nothing personal i'd be sitting here and talking to myself hello hello anybody in here hello Rustin, go check it out so the nfl flex NFL flex when I think flex I think an extra double double when I go to in and out I get a flex burger everyone makes an order you get a flex you're at a restaurant you get a flex order of fries sometimes even a flex little penne Arbiata maybe a flex chicken parm maybe a flex shrimp cocktail flex is when you order enough food for the table and then you say all right one more and we'll split it the NFL has changed their definition of flex Their view is not like gymnast type flex either. Their view is we are flexing our might, our strength. God, when I do that, I look tiny. I really, I'm starting to train this Tuesday for a marathon. I have not done anything athletic since that 48 hour challenge at the end of September. I've given my body two months to rest and I'm ready to go. My training program starts December 4th for an April marathon. And my first training on December 4th is an off day. No good training program doesn't start with an off day. Don't forget that. So my first actual run will be Tuesday the 5th. Just a quick three to see if the legs still work. Building up to a marathon. I got a few months, so I should be okay. But I'm not going to do much strength training. So I'm just going to be continued to wear size small shirts. But maybe my legs will get bigger not really maybe i'll stop eating so much that'd be good okay flexing nfl flexing it's really not the nfl it's called it's really wrong i don't like that they somehow are taking the heat although that's what roger goodell does it's the broadcast networks it's disney disney's flexing away so there was a monday night game coming up in week 15 between patrick mahomes and tom brady what an amazing matchup. The Kansas City Chiefs against the New England Patriots. But then Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers and the Chiefs against the Patriots became less exciting. Then the Patriots ended up absolutely stinking and no one gives a crap about them around the country. And the Chiefs are fine, but people are ready sort of, eh, "It's Mahomes great. Kelsey Swift." Mm-mm. What else would Disney want? they're showing the Philadelphia Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks instead let me make sure I get this straight the NFL has allowed this flex as part of the deal because ESPN said hey we don't want stinkers at the end of a season you better give us games that matter I would like to do something that I should have researched before but We never know where our heads gonna go in this show and i didn't say one thing about this to coca that it was going to come to me i'm going to make a prediction right now and i think it's going to be true taylor swift will not be at the chiefs patriots game is that possible because if taylor swift were going to be at the game that would be a game i wouldn't want to flex out of if i'm disney isn't that amazing the power of Swift and Kelsey for me as an executive I hate it but I'm embracing it I'm monetizing it I'm not flexing out the Chiefs even though no one wants to see the Patriots everyone wants to see Taylor every Swiftie watches I wonder whether this was announced only because they got to Taylor and they saw her tour schedule whatever the case may be and she can't be at the game so Let's take a note. Coco, will you add a wait to see in here, please, if you don't mind? Wait to see. Taylor Swift will not be at the Chiefs-Patriots game in week 15. Can you officially book that for me? Thank you. The Patriots, meanwhile, have way too many games that are national. They're actually playing the Steelers on Amazon next year. This was pretty good. Amazon was promoting the game during the game. Did you see that? It's a very, very bad sign. It's so very bad. When they've got T.J. Watt for the Steelers, that's very good. That's the name people associate with the Steelers. The best player on the Steelers. I mean, they're not going to put in... Who else would they put in? Pickett? And I think T.J. Watt is the guy. Guess who was there for the Patriots? Belichick. Bill Belichick. Not good when you have to promote the coach and there's not one player anybody's heard of. Not good at all. So... Disney flexes, does that mean that Major League Baseball and the National Basketball Association can get paid more money if they allow more flexing? How do you flex games? MLB flexes those Saturday afternoon regular season games. We're already told Sunday night game could be Sunday afternoon. It could be Saturday afternoon. They already do the flex. It's not big enough. doesn't matter enough. I'm talking playoff flex. Ah, but they do playoff flex because the broadcast partners choose which series are going to be played when. So when you're complaining that your team has all afternoon games in the playoffs, it's because the broadcast partners don't want to show the games during prime time. So MLB flexes, what else could they do? NBA, yeah, they're adding value with in-season tournaments and all the other nonsense. Is it not amazing that you do what your client wants you to do ah hello why is this a story we all do that don't you bend over backwards to people who are your biggest customers and biggest clients no matter what your business is because you want return business this is not a big deal that they're actually flexing the big deal is they're flexing out the patriots because they're done who didn't know that Wait to see. No Taylor Swift at that game. All right, let me move on here to nothing personal pick of the day. We won the parlay. Cowboys money line and over 47 and a half. We told you the Cowboys by themselves could go over 47 and a half. And we came damn close. They went over 40. So we won money there, but the Cowboys didn't cover. But we still won money for the night. Brought to you by David. Cowboys money line and over was a win. Cowboys over the Seahawks with the point spread was a loss. So we're 181 and 172 tonight 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 may be a special night celtics over the sixers i don't feel like rooting for the road team and i think that we've been calling this series pretty well during the course of the regular season if you go back to our picks of Celtics sixers game uh this is a celtics minus six over sixers and uh i'll be there you may recognize me and that i'll be wearing the same sweatshirt as the three other guys i'm with because we have a uniform that we wear to these events i know that sounds crazy Then I'm going to Sunday. Get ready. The Panthers are playing the Buccaneers. You're not making me watch that, David. Do not watch the Panthers game. Ah, it's the new coach of the week alert. It's the debut of the special teams coordinator and two other offensive coaches who got fired and then replaced by somebody. And I'm not a big fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm taking the Panthers plus six and a half versus the Bucks. Can you imagine taking the Panthers? I find it absolutely hard to believe. But we are. But that's not all we're doing on Sunday, because I want you to do a parlay, and a big parlay. Niners are on the road against the Eagles and what's the best game of the weekend, and the Niners are favored on the road against the Eagles, which looks like a total sucker bet. But if you take the Niners and the Panthers in the money line and parlay it you can get plus 360. so i'm doing a niners panthers money line parlay which means they just have to win the game and then taking the panthers plus six and a half jic next week we are going to focus our shows there will be a lot of winter meetings talk the winter meetings start in nashville should i come up with my top five stories of winter meetings that i've been to in nashville I cannot tell you, I don't know if the if the chat room wants that or if the live audience on Nothing Person with David Sampson wants that. Have we do, gone to break yet, Coca? We need to go to break? Um, we have not gone to break. All right. So, oh, we did go to break. Sorry. I totally, did I promote anything or talk about the fact that it's davidsampsonpodcast.com has merch and we thank you all. The orders are amazing. And that the Lebitard merch store is opening today, lebitardaf.com which you can go to right now. They haven't announced it on Levitard, but we're live at 8. They had, Metal Art doesn't know it. They're going to announce it like around 9 o'clock in about 26 minutes. But if you're here, you can get on there. It's a whole new website with their content and merch. Lebitardaf.com. Okay. So, I want to talk about the winter meetings, but we're going to do that next week. And uh, we touched on it. I want to uh, tell you, though, that before you leave for the winter meetings there are a few things that get done that are a little behind the scenes and it's sort of inside baseball so i just wanted to give them to you because they're sort of cool it starts with a budget and so when we do our budgets in the summer we do next year's budgets we start that process in june believe it or not because the fiscal year ends october 31st it's november 1 to october 31 that's how we did a fiscal year we didn't do it calendar and so because October 31 was ostensibly the end of the playoffs, so you have all your playoff revenue in. Ha-ha, that only mattered one time in 18 years. Blah. And you're done paying players because you pay them during the six months of the regular season. But in any case, during the budget, there's an entire budget for the winter meetings, the GM meetings, as part of the baseball operations budget. But the winter meetings budget is very large because there's trainers meetings, there's psychologists meetings, there's AGM meetings, and then there's pr people that are required you sometimes you can send like 30 people to the winter meetings and my view always was why it's really the minor league meetings people call it the winter meetings but it's the minor league meetings i would go to the winter meetings and go to cocktail parties with our minor league staff with our minor league owners go to a party just say I've been there, say hello, shake some hands, kiss some babies, thank them for their loyalty, even though we pay all the players' salaries. And now more owners own their minor league teams, so I don't think they go and have a cocktail party with themselves. But that was one of the things to do at the winter meetings. The other thing is that if you're hiring, you send some people from your HR department because it used to be where people would go to get hired. They'd run to the winter meetings and pass out resumes everywhere. No, I'm not taking a hard copy resume. We have the internet, apply online. So that reason's gone. Ah, the booth. There was the big section of the winter meetings where you're able, I missed the mute button on that, sorry, Coca, where you're able to get all of the latest products. Rawlings would be down there, all the people selling all sorts of stuff. That was great, not necessary anymore because you've got yourself websites. So that's not worthy anymore oh but now the major league people come and it's a huge deal because major league baseball GMs don't get to see each other except during the GM meetings and the winter meetings well now there's FaceTime and now there's texting so that's not really exciting so why are the winter meetings still happening what's the reason for them it is a huge expense item for teams and for the commissioner's office. There are some teams who decide we're gonna send one or two people to the winter meetings. There are some teams who send tons of people to the winter meetings. We got criticized one year when we had people drive to the winter meetings from Montreal when they were right here where I am in Boston. Why wouldn't you? It's easier in the winter than flying. It wasn't a budget thing. I think the cost of gas was as much as the cost of the plane ticket for crying out loud. Nashville is the worst place for winter meetings, it is huge, expansive. You can't find anyone if you're looking for them, and no one leaves their suite anymore. You meet with all your people, which you could do at home, or you could do via Zoom or FaceTime or StreamYard. And all you do is sit in a room, eat snacks, order in food, and make sure you never walk in the lobby because you don't want to run into anyone in the media. But then the media comes up to your suite and gets to talk to you once a day where the President of Baseball Operations has to give you a bunch of horse hockey because they're making stuff up. All because Major League Baseball wants to own the week. Just like what we said yesterday or the day before, they're praying for a big signing, praying for the big trade, praying for something. You know what I'm praying for? Rain. But we're going to cover it next week. We'll cover it. All right, I want to talk about Jay Monahan right now. I can't let the weekend without covering this i'm sorry jay monhan is the commissioner of the pga we are coming on to we are 30 days away what seemed like forever ago do you remember when they had that clumsy ridiculous announcement of the merger between pga and liv live the live tour saudi arabians who were giving hundreds of millions of dollars to all those golfers to play and then the golfers who turned down the hundreds of millions of dollars but said i'm not going to take dirty money but man do i wish i had another car so PGA and Liv announced this amazing merger, except they had nothing to announce. Nothing was done. All they did was piss off all the players. It caused a bunch of meetings. It caused Jay Monahan to take a month off for as a mental health break. It was a total disaster. But the deal was that we're going to have a deal by December 31st. Well, it's now December 1st. And all we've read is there's no deal even close between PGA and Liv. So Jay Monahan had to, yesterday, reiterate a couple things. Because there's been a lot of rumblings. Tiger Woods came out and said, yeah, time's ticking. So Jay Monahan comes out and says, you know what? I gotta tell you, we're still doing this thing with Live. It's a matter of when, not if. I love the use of grammar when means something's gonna happen if means it may not happen but when you say when when you say that a deal with saudi arabia's fund is a not a matter of if but when that means there is no backing down there's no changing you have doubled tripled quadrupled down when you drop the if when distinction you sure as hell better get it right because if not you have lost all grammatical cred that you ever could have built up so Jay Monhan is saying hey we're gonna have a deal with Piff except he also said that he believes there's gonna be more than one partner and I started thinking John Henry LeBron James Fenway Sports Group they're rumored to be involved you've got golf looking for more than just the PIF, which means that really what PIF is is an investment into pga and not a merged entity and that's the way to possibly cover up what's happening and they've got more cover from tennis who's already been negotiating with saudi arabia to get an influx of money you've got the washington wizards and jordan Poole, who took in money from qatar so if the PGA is just taking in money as a sponsor which is what I said from the beginning that it's not really a merger it's more of a sponsorship with rules attached then that's a deal that can get done but a merged entity no I still don't think it's gonna happen and I believe that Jay Monahan is now giving you the breadcrumbs to come to that same conclusion when he says it's a matter of if not, it's not a matter of if, but when a deal is completed. A deal is completed. Why didn't he say a merger is completed? It's always been presented as a merger. What an interesting change of word from merger to deal. Hmm. Does that mean that it's simply a deal with investors? You're goddamn right it does. Why is Monaghan doing this? He makes it very clear. When this gets finalized, the PGA Tour is gonna be in a great position where athletes are owners of their sport and you've got not only PIF, but you've likely got other co-investors with significant experience in business, in sport, and in brand that'll help take the tour to another level. Help us take share from other sports. I am the guy to lead you as your commissioner. I was the commissioner when this deal was announced, and I'm the best person to be your commissioner today. Do you know what he was doing? He's basically CYAing. Because he clearly announced a merger prematurely that wasn't going to happen, couldn't happen, hasn't happened, is not happening, won't happen, has now pivoted to a deal, included another investor, trying to resell it to the players who don't trust him at all because he didn't communicate with them, and his sole purpose of doing that is to keep his job. And I say to you, amen. Good for you. It's so important to pivot. So many people put their stake in the ground and they say, I've said something and I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna double down, I'm gonna triple down, I'm gonna make it worse for myself, but I'm not gonna tell anyone it's worse for myself. But meanwhile, my heart's beating. I'm testing myself for a stroke because eventually someone's gonna find out. It puts the M in imposter syndrome so great or let's change the way we talk about it and pretend that we never talked about it the first way now that we're talking about it differently the second way that's why you have to pay attention because you can be negotiating a deal with someone whether it's someone you live with or someone you work with and all of a sudden certain things have changed and they're acting as though they haven't because they want you not to notice do you know how many times in business, people do things during a negotiation hoping that you're just not paying attention. And do you know how many times you're actually not paying attention? Staggering. Those who are focused and understand what the hell's happening, you're the winner. Will Jay Monahan be the winner of this pivot? Now nah, we'll see soon. But in the meantime, the only thing he didn't say that he could have said is, hey, we're going to take this money. We're going to try to get money with tennis, before tennis, after tennis. But I'll tell you one thing, Tiger. It's just business. This is nothing personal.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.